it feels like something like maybe we might do. It's just something that I still can't imagine doing. I don't, I, I know right now in this moment, I do not want to have children. Fast forward, my own child listens to this podcast and is like, you didn't want me? And I go, <laughs> yeah, no, I didn't at there all. There was a time, baby, in 2023. <laughs> right. I had decided. up all the people out there listening and listening hard because I know you are. This is Normalize This, the show where we discuss whether or not ideas, trends, and behaviors should be normalized in everyday society. And I'm Danielle Young. And I'm Adam Rippon. Because I can't do it by myself. No, and I can't do it by myself. You couldn't. You really would fail a lot. No, and everybody says that, actually. <laughs> it's the number and one everyone comment. knows it. <laughs> everyone knows it's the number one discrepancy of this podcast is specifically I could not do this alone. Listen, I'm, I'm glad that people respect me. I'm glad y'all see me and hear me here. Today, Adam, we're going to get into some stuff, okay? I we're going to discuss normalizing having children or not, which has been a lot of like reoccurring DMs that I've received from you all that are listening out there. So thank you for sending in your suggestions I can't believe so many of y'all want to talk about having children or not and like what that choice is going to look like for you, for me, for everybody out there and pretty much how it's like not just like a cookie cutter thing. Mm -hmm. Having kids is definitely, it's big. You know what I think? I like, people always talk about, oh my God, I don't want to have a baby, a baby, but it's like, they're going to grow up and be a human. Like it's eventually, not, <laughs> yeah, that does happen. Not just adorable, cutesy little baby. It's like I am raising a person and helping them be a person in this world. That's a bigger undertaking to me than saying like, oh, I'm going to have kids. Oh, um, yeah. It's the raising part that actually scares me. Yeah, it's the constant responsibility. Yeah. And I just wanted to piggyback off of what you said. This has also been the number one topic that I've gotten in my DMs to talk about. So it truly is a super hot across the board. It's a hot button issue. Yeah. Y'all are dying to talk about it. And I love that because like we're living in a very different society and those standards that used to be like you know, the age old, first comes love, then comes marriage, and then comes the, you with the baby carriage and all of that. It's really not what's up anymore. Things have changed for so many people, so many ways, so many reasons. So it's like, are you having kids on a timeline that exists for just for you? Are you mm -hmm. trying to reach society's timeline? Are you having kids alone? Because you can do that. Like, you can literally make that choice. You know, I know sometimes you don't make that choice. But you could literally say, no, I actually want to have this child myself and, and raise it myself. Adoption, fostering, those are options as well. Um, so it just, there's a lot to talk about, Adam. Yeah, I'm excited to kind of dig into it because I think that we're going to have a really thoughtful conversation. Yes, we're going to go into like the medical side of it too because even though you because don't have we a uterus, are doctors. we're we not. Are, before we're podcast hosts, we're We've doctors. We've been doctors. I've played one in a sketch. However, <laughs> <laughs> we are going to talk about like freezing your eggs, sperm donors, co-parenting with an ex, IVF treatments, all those things that sound like a long laundry list of like Shonda Rhimes um, topics for Grey's Anatomy, <laughs> but <laughs> we're going to unpack them because we're the people to do it, right? We are. And after we unpack them, you have to be sure to stick around because that's when we play our favorite game. Keep it. Keep it or, or curb it. it. And it's that not just a song. It's actually a part a of song. the podcast. It's not just a hit song. Sorry. Thank yeah. you, Danielle. Yeah, Billboard. Um, and, and Keep It and Curb It, that's when Danielle and I decide whether we love and cherish something or <laughs> we decide that it needs to go away forever. Please, down the trash chute. 
But down. before we do any of those things, you know I got to dig up in Adam's business. Mm-hmm. I love a good fun <laughs> fact. Adam has never truly, if you listen to this podcast, and I know you do, thank you, love you, mean it. You should know that Adam never gives us a fun fact about himself. It's usually about something he's drinking <laughs> or eating. But I really want to know something about you, Adam. Okay. Well, okay. Something fun. Because you listen, this is the thing. This is the way my brain works. You already prompted me to go into something about eating. And I, <laughs> I do want to go there. May I please, 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 please. Go there. As long as it's fun. Okay. So um, this is the first time I'm recording the podcast not at home. And um, mm. I am in America's favorite city and state, <laughs> the city of <laughs> Connecticut. The city and, and state of Connecticut, Connecticut. Connecticut. Connecticut is a city, but it's also a state of mind. And so I'm in a Connecticut <laughs> state of mind. And is this there is, a sweater tied around your shoulders? I'm I'm wearing, um, what is that? What's that thing with the whale? that people have those like um that it's very it's a, a vineyard vines oh i don't know her That's you don't a different need to set of, it's, uh... it's it's um part of like white culture it's oh, yeah. not important i don't need to i'm gonna block no. that out no block i blocked it i blocked it out it's a very <laughs> dark part of our culture okay so i'm in my hotel room and i decided that um this is my fun fact by the way it's okay. gonna be a monologue I got uh, a Jersey Mike's to have wow. like, for dinner. Okay. Do you fuck with Mike? I mean, <laughs> yes or no? Why or N? I don't really love a like a sub place like that. It just it uh, gives good. me like sweaty, sub, sweaty meats. Good. Vibes. Great. So I have a bone to pick with Mike because I got the tuna, whatever. Oh, God. That's, okay. Strike. One. That's adventurous. Well, it's an adventure that I don't ever want to take again because I opened it up and it's just basically it's a soup. It's the wettest thing I've ever held in my hands. It feels like I'm on life below zero and I'm catching a like a Alaskan king salmon. It's so wet. It I hate oh it God. so much. And I'm actually I'm furious with Mike, specifically from Jersey Mike's. So sorry. But Mike, you got to get it together. Yeah, so Jersey Mike's ain't it in Connecticut. No, maybe. I mean, I've had better luck at the ones like closer to my house. But I guess I'm I just... Really, I'm sad that that's your fun fact, Fran. I'm sad too, because <laughs> I was covered in mayonnaise before we started recording this. <laughs> that, now see, that is a fun fact. <laughs> There we go. Covered in mayonnaise before I started recording this podcast. Yeah, see, you finally, you're like unlocking me. I'm breaking down finally. Do you have a fun fact? I hope it's more fun than my discrepancies with a franchise. It is. Um, (laughs) I will go on record (laughs) saying that it absolutely is. It's not about tuna. It Mm. is, however, about my holiday since we are, this episode is all about having kids and, you know, that uh, normalizing how we're building our families and things. I am the baby of my family. I'm one of six kids. Me too. I'm the oldest, though. Danielle. I'm the baby of the hmm. of the litter. And I'm the <laughs> <laughs> yes, six our, of us. Our parents had litters. So that's a litter. And as the baby and the only one without children... I've, over the last couple of years, have just kind of like come to terms with making up a different type of holiday tradition for myself, which we talk about when we talk about normalizing holiday traditions. And I went to Mexico for my Christmas, uh, like for my Christmas celebration into New Year's. And that was my first time uh, celebrating the holidays without my family. Um, as someone without kids, I was just like, you know, let me just travel and just go to some of the cities I want to see during the holiday time. So I went to Mexico City for Christmas uh, Day and a couple days around uh, that and then went to Puerto Morelos for New Year's. And it was really beautiful. It looked really fun. so beautiful. The pictures yeah, were like Just insane. kind of like bouncing around Mexico like eating my way through Mexico. Like (laughs) Mexico has the food scene on lock. So yeah, my fun fact was making good on switching up my holiday traditions and traveling solo 
and starting the new year out on a beach. It looked like the perfect way to start a new year. And I feel like that's an amazing tradition to hold to put yourself on um, like a solo vacation. Yeah. And I think like even if I do decide at some point that I want to build my family and have children, that's still going to be our option, I believe, for like Christmas into New Year's. It's like traveling (laughs) as opposed to like doing Thanksgiving all over again. No. Yeah, I I will say Christmas is just Thanksgiving, but colder. Yeah. So make it warmer. I don't know, but yeah, I'm making it warmer. And I very much appreciated like just getting a chance to be on vacation for two weeks. Because, you know, America don't really do that. Um, No. But Danielle (laughs) does. Danielle is not America. You know, um, and plus this is like in the age of remote work, it was, it made it a little easier for me to do this, but yeah, like taking that much time. Oh my God, what a luxury. Well, on that, I feel like we should just start to dig right in. What do you think? I love to dig right in. I have a shovel right now. Oh, me too. I'm covered in dirt and mayonnaise. (laughs) And mayonnaise. mayonnaise, Don't forget. (laughs) And so I'm ready. Let's get it. All right. So Danielle, we both know, actually, we both don't know. We both don't have children, but having a child can be very complicated. It's it a complicated sticky happiness. and smelly and expensive. It does look all of those things, kind of like being covered in mayonnaise, if you're asking <laughs> me. Kids <laughs> are usually covered in mayonnaise the, and Cheeto <sighs> crust. Nine times out of 10. <laughs> that is true. And so <laughs> a moment of silence for that. And as we move forward, I think society's really painted this unrealistic picture. You know, the white picket fence, the kids, mm. the marriage of like what well, everybody needs white. to do. <laughs> what everybody did. did what I say? Was that just English? It, it wasn't. Okay. Well, this is a bilingual <laughs> podcast now. But you know what I'm trying to say, right? Yeah. Sorry. They, I'm they still like us, recovering they... from my Jersey Mike's situation. I know. I'm like, did you eat too much of that tuna? Yeah. And, um, and, and as we go forward, somebody who's speaking like this, do you really think they should be having children? Right. What are you going to teach the future generation behind that white picket fence of yours? Nothing. Exactly. But <laughs> you know what? That white picket fence, that's not the case anymore. Because, no. you know, it's 2023 and we want to normalize having kids or not. And Danielle, you actually wrote an article for Ebony a few years ago about how you feel about having kids now that you're like, quote unquote, a grown up. Yeah, I'm 40 or 50 now. So it's, <laughs> it's one or the other. One or the other, but also neither. But definitely closer to 40. And, you know, as a woman, we have a certain amount of time uh, placed on our reproductive system. Um, not that it's impossible. I mean, hey, Janet Jackson, but mm-hmm. having a kid after 40, um, at, like, you know, birthing your own child after 40 is not an easy feat, even for a healthy person. And mm-hmm. so, and they even call it geriatric pregnancy. Which is so rude. 35. It's really mean. Um, <laughs> so it's like. Wait, do they I, really? I'm yeah. like nodding my head and I'm going, mm-hmm. but they do do that. Yeah. Yeah. That is, listen, being a woman is so funny sometimes. It's like little things that are just like, are y'all serious? Geriatric? Oh, they really, the medical community really the went. The medical, they were like, she's 35. That's it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's hurry it's up, very honey. sad. So yeah, they, they call it geriatric after 35 anyway, even if you are healthy, your baby's fine, everything, you know? And so it's just like, dang, that clock. That it ticks for real for women. It does. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it that's something like I've always experienced it as a like I was curious about it in my in my teens as I started like being around more babies in my family. I was like, oh my God, I just I love this. Um, and I thought, you know, that I would have a certain amount of kids. Um, I would be married at a certain age. But then as I became those ages. <laughs> And looked at my life. I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> I'm not ready for the any same. of that stuff. I feel the same. Yeah, I'm not ready for any of that stuff. And now that I'm 38, I definitely do feel a little bit more ready for, quote unquote, that stuff, being the family and, and all that. But I think because I have lived a lot of those years 
of like what my quote unquote plan was. I've I've lived beyond those years. Mm-hmm. I'm open to it not looking like what I thought it would look like. And that can mean a lot of things, especially as a queer person. Like I may or may not end up with a man, mm-hmm. um, which then to like with you, it would be similar, um, you know, where you would come up with the way of which you would have that family. Right. So it's like I, I think about those things and it does give me like it doesn't make me sad. It gives me hope because building the community and the family that you want to build, this is very empowering um, in that sense. And it doesn't feel a similar pressure to like, even though I do identify as queer, I still have a lot of like cis behavior especially when it I say comes... that behind your back, actually. I'm like, she has so much cis behavior. Like, she's a son giving a heteronormative. <laughs> she's giving cis. She's giving cis. And I, I, like in the sense of like, I want to be the woman. I, like, I want to be dainty. I want to be taken care of. I want to be, yes. you know, the like I want to have someone provide for me in the family, that kind of thing. So I still have a lot of those desires, but I think, it just it, there is there's an art in a elegance, or not even an elegance. Let me not lie. There's an art and a clunkiness <laughs> to like letting go of these like societal norms as you mm-hmm. approach different ages and reach different milestones for yourself and realize that those fantasies, while they were beautiful and still can be doable, it's just not real. Yeah, I think talking about that clock almost or or maybe not so much clock but like that timeline of like i'm gonna be this age and at this age i would have imagined that i'd be doing this yeah i think back to like my mom and my mom had her first baby me and she was 29 and she had her last baby at 40. oh my goodness yeah my mom had a baby in the 80s the 90s and the 2000s that's nuts. That's, it should be illegal, but it wasn't. Listen, could not imagine being three decades pregnant. Yeah, for the course like, of 10 years. Just pregnant, pregnant, pregnant each decade. Yeah. I mean, I guess it gets easier. Like she she had you and was like, all right, I'll do that again. My mom said that she just loved being a mother and she loved being I know. Pregnant. I feel like... Not to like blanket an entire generation, but I feel like our parents' generation and a little bit of ours, like I'm a millennial, the tail end of a millennial. I think we are like the last of the people who are just like, oh my God, like I must be a mom. I must be a dad. Yeah. I think we're you know the first I mean? generation to not feel well, I'll like also I have to. Yes. And so many things are different, right? Like it's not easy for us to buy a home. It's not so easy for us to have so many of those other things that surround where you want to be before you have kids. So that really changes the whole conversation. And people have a completely different perspective of marriage and of a partnership and what that looks like. And people get married later and it, it it's, it's very different. And as we're talking oh, yeah. about these um, these different families like having kids. Recently, JP and I had friends over from Finland and they were in the US specifically because they were looking for a surrogate to start a family and to have a baby. And Oof. in the US, it's the only country aside from maybe, I think there's one other country in the whole world where it's a regulated process here that you can like yeah. find someone and hire someone to be a surrogate. So they came from Finland to, you know, Los Angeles to start that process. And Sheesh. it is not cheap. It is yeah, an that incredibly expensive. expensive. It is. It is. And even wild. on the opposite end of things, it is also expensive to do the whole IVF and, you know, harvest your eggs and freeze your eggs and and implant your eggs. And, and it's all of that costs, even with insurance, even with everything. And it's like, Oh my goodness, what a crazy way to like start a family and having to spend so much money to even get that kid. Mm-hmm. And then knowing that, you know, it takes a lot of money going forth to keep and to raise a kid. Um, it's just, it's that seems like so much more pressure. I know. And I know you, if you're in it, you probably don't think about it like that because you're thinking about, I'll do whatever it takes to get my child. Totally. But I don't, think 
I have that bone in my body. I I think that we might have the same skeleton because I don't know if I have that bone <laughs> in my body like, either. I don't think I'm at a point like, you know, I, I was in a relationship that I thought was pretty committed, but I'm I'm no longer in that relationship anymore. And again, like being 38 years old, uh, the timing with me with dating, if I want to be like, quote unquote, serious, I don't know. I feel like there's like a there's a time stamp. Do you think that you put more pressure on yourself when you are dating now? with maybe that in mind of like, this might be somebody that I would want to start a family with. Do you put that pressure on yourself? I don't think it's a pressure. I think it's a consideration. Okay. Well, you know, because yeah, I've been very anti having a family, anti having kids for a good amount of time, maybe Mm -hmm. like eight years or so. Okay. And which is pretty much the chunk of my, yeah, all of my thirties. And so I've gone into different relationships throughout that time, this time of knowing that I don't want children, having that be up front. I used to kind of like not let that be a point of conversation, especially not early. But now in in the time of me being sure that I don't want children, I I put that out there. Mm -hmm. And the partner that I had just broke, you know, that I've just broken up with, gotten out of a relationship with, they are very much... Like, I will be a dad. Mm. And, you know, because they are also queer, they would have to build their family as well. Mm -hmm. So it's like, but they're very clear that they will be having children with or without their partner signing on for that. Okay. It sounds decided, but it also doesn't sound real. Yeah. Because how am I going to be in a relationship with you? And you have kids and we and you got these kids while we were in the relationship, but I don't take on a mother role. Like yeah, what that's am I not doing? Real. That's not it's that's a really unrealistic. Like how am I still gonna be view. with you? Yeah. That's why I was like, I don't think that that's that you can say that because we can say anything in theory. Right. But I say I a lot of things in theory. Listen. <laughs> but I'm like, I don't think I should be in a relationship with a person that adamant about having children. Yeah. Like with or without you, I'll have children. I'm like, whoa, okay. With my husband and I, we both agreed, not really agree, but when we talk about kids, we're both on the same page where we're like, we both don't see ourselves as parents. And recently we've been saying like right now, because I think we have these out of body experiences (laughs) because so many of our friends have kids. Right. it feels like something like maybe we might do. It's just something that I still can't imagine doing. I don't, I, I know right now in this moment, I do not want to have um, children. Fast forward, my own child listens to this podcast and is like, you didn't want me? And I go, <laughs> yeah, no, I didn't at There all. was a time, baby, in 2023. <laughs> right. I had decided. But- That out-of-body experience that we have, it's like when we're with our friends, I see my husband like with his, you know, with our nieces or with like a friend's baby. And I'm like, oh my God, it's so beautiful. And then I go immediately, we should just rescue another dog. Right, because (laughs) here's the thing, like it's it's lifelong. And I know how rewarding it can be. I understand that. You know, I love, like, I'm the apple of my mama's eye. I think that is a beautiful thing still after all these years. And that's a beautiful relationship to to harvest and to create life and all that is wonderful. But it's just, it's very intimidating to me just because it's never over. And I just don't think I I have it in me to... It's actually never over. I'm still currently, you're, you're still currently, you're mother's child. I'm still my mama's baby. I'm still my daddy's kid. Like, I just don't want that for myself. (laughs) I'm like, I want the option to be in and out. That's why it's like, yeah, I do have those fantasies when I see a partner with, you know, a kid or if I see a beautiful family out and about and it's like, oh, you know, I can definitely go off in my head. But listen, I think it's cute to have them and give them back. I have nieces and nephews. Um, Now they're starting to lap me. One of my nieces has had a child. Oh my God. (laughs) 
know. That's scary. That's scary to me. I'm scared of your niece. My niece has lapped me, and now I have a niece with a child. I don't even know what that makes the child uh, to me. But <laughs> a monster is what it makes it. <laughs> to like, me what is what it makes grand it. <laughs> I, I think maybe is it Great like second aunt? cousin? I really don't know because no, because that's my niece. Our are niece's cousins. Our yes. niece's cousins are no, they're not. Not all nieces are cousins, but all cousins are nieces. That <laughs> every <laughs> child is a son or a daughter <laughs> or a child. <laughs> every child. <laughs> Is a child. Every which child is, what is a child. Is very intimidating. No, um, it's about you know, it I just think of like you know, I think of the things that I've been through with like my own parents and stuff. And it's I like, know, like I do not have time for sassy teenage. Yeah, or the things that I've said to my parents. I'm like, no. First of all, if I, I know some of the things that I'm sure that I put my parents through that I'm in Connecticut right now and I'm realizing that I should have just been brought to Connecticut and left here. No so, offense so to <laughs> anyone who lives here currently. Boarding school, you needed to be raised different. See, I was raised by a black woman, so like, there was a lot that I just, you know, I stayed in line. Well, um, you know, wait, Danielle, <laughs> I'm not. I don't. I don't want this podcast to go on thinking that I was like a rough child because I was so beyond well behaved, beyond, and oh. like, <laughs> I start crying now. Um, <laughs> But like, it was just, you know, it was, it was, it was difficult. And it was just like, it's it, not something that you th listen, the niece that has lapped me and has had a child. She is the second coming of my sister. And my sister gave my mom hell. And <laughs> my niece is giving my sister hell. And it's like, oh, you really get back what you gave. Yeah. And not that I like, like I wasn't a really a bad kid. I really definitely like did my nerdy stuff throughout high school. But I also I've had my bad girl moments and I just could not imagine like I don't know what I would do to deal with it. I think about how I wanted to move away to uh, college and my mom wouldn't let me go too far. And so then after that, I wanted to move to New York. I could not imagine my 21 year old talking about moving to New York. Like, I'm just like, I can't. Oh, no, I think the same things. Because, like, when I was young, obviously, when I started, like, um, to be a more serious athlete, like, for me to do that, I was one of six. I was the oldest. My mom had young babies to take care of still on her teat. So it was <laughs> like, I, if I wanted to be serious, I couldn't stay in our hometown. So, like, when I was, like, 13, I was taking the Greyhound bus from wow. Scranton See, no. to Philadelphia, like and you every week. Do that nowadays. This is no, not the, you not couldn't. the time and the place. And I, you know, I'm so grateful that my mom like trusted me to do those things so that I could pursue dreams that I had. But like, I couldn't. I'm just so grateful that my mom was like, okay, like I trust you to do this because I couldn't imagine being in charge of someone and be like, here's your ticket for the Greyhound. I just couldn't. That's why I'm like, yo, I really cannot wrap my head around the idea of parenthood and just like, just knowing how many people are just out here unhinged and shooting yeah. schools up. And it's just like, I don't think I could wrap my head around caring about someone that deeply. Like, it's we had, scary. It's like, the I, caring yeah, that actually that really does scare me. Yes. Yeah. Like I have a, you, we, we both have puppies. I have a, you know, pup, you have Tony, I have my Tony. And there was an emergency in my building and the elevator stopped working. But I was like dragging my uh, wagon with packages up the <laughs> stairs because the <laughs> elevator's not working. And this girl was coming down and she was like, oh my gosh, someone said that they couldn't get into their apartment. And my puppy is in my apartment and right. I immediately like hit the floor. Like yes. in, like I'm in a movie. <laughs> I hit the, <laughs> you were Cameron Diaz. I, was, <laughs> I hit the floor and started crying. Oh, Oscar worthy no. performance. Because I was like, I'm going to get all the way up these stairs and I'm not going to be able to get inside my apartment to get to my puppy and whatever this emergency is, like, how am I going to get to my dog? And I, and this is my dog that I've had for like a couple months. Yeah. I could not imagine. I would be like Denzel Washington and John Q. Like, 
<laughs> the hospital is under arrest. Like, I mean, it's wild because like that dog doesn't even have any of your eggs. Imagine if something was made of your eggs. See, I can't. And people really have kids like it's not a big deal. I know. I mean, I one of my best friends um, is having her third child. We're the same age. That's and I'm really like, nuts. it's just so crazy. Oh, yeah. I'm so from North crazy. Carolina. All of my high school buddies have like three plus kids. Oh, my God. That's like three plus kids. Right. Like, and they were having them. And a lot of them are grownups. They were having them when we were like graduating. Like 23, like gra- graduating college. Like there were some, some of them were pregnant at like 22, 23. And you know what? There's something to be said because my friend had, I think maybe we were 24, 25 when she had her first baby. There's something to be said about being young and having a child because I I know that something that my mom struggled with at times was that like when her youngest was like in first grade, my mom was like the much older parent. Like, right. you know, there was like kid, parents That's who were another like, part of it. Yeah, right. Not even in their 30s. And my mom is 40 and she has six kids and this is their first and this is my mom's sixth. So it's just, it, it's it's different. It's like the timing, but I do definitely feel like we're in this like renaissance of like when people have children later. It's just not, it's, I think what's really changed is our mindset of having children that you can really have them at at any age. Yeah, because I think even with my own experience, my mom, you know, she ended up getting pregnant in high school and wanted to marry to get out of the house. Yeah. You know, to get out of her mother's house. And then contraception and all of that wasn't as as extensive as it is now. I remember talking, my grandmother, God rest her soul, lived to be a hundred and freaking five years old. And before, you know, she got too, too up in age. I, I was interviewing her like for a project in middle school and it was asking different questions. But my grandmother is very or was very frank and just like says everything on her mind. And she talked about because my grandmother had 13 kids. Um, and oh, my she, God. I know. And she talked about like the idea of she was like protection. What is what is that? Anytime her husband wanted to get it going, she had to get it going. Um, and some of her kids are like right on top of each other, <laughs> you know, like getting wow. giving birth and then finding out you're pregnant. Yeah. Within like a couple months of each other. It's like that existed, um, at least, you know, in her circle, in her in her world. And it was just like a duty. Yeah. To be, would, you know, yes, yes. Your husband's, you know. Release. Right. <laughs> right. Child <laughs> provider. Yeah. And and that would often end up getting you pregnant. And so yeah. it was just like a lot of, of like women in those days. And like my grandmother was born in 1916. So, you know what I mean? So like a lot of a lot of those women were getting pregnant at like 11, 12. And my grandmother was pregnant her entire life. Wow. Yeah. Like oh she had her God. last kid in her late 40s. It really puts in perspective, maybe I haven't lived. Maybe you haven't lived until you had 13 babies. <laughs> but I just, I mean, a, a whole different time. My grandmother didn't have options. You know what I mean? Like, oh, I'm going to be this. I'm going to be that. Yes. No, I'm going, I'm a mother. Yes, that is the biggest thing because I think that when we plan out our lives, we realize we have so many options and there are so many options available to all of us that that is what really skews the timeline or better yet, the timeline that generations before us were on. Yeah. Um, That those options were so limited. And also now, like, you know, to go back to what you were saying before about like, you can, we have such access to like what we see in the world now that like that, that scares, you know, it scares you. It scares me about like bringing children into the chaos. And I think we have more access, we have more options. And I think that's the hesitation of a lot of people, our age, millennials thinking about starting a family. I mean, it's, I think it's 
it's a luxury, you know, having that type of option too, because it is a luxury. You know what I yeah, because I think the world has always been quite shitty. Thinking about yeah. my, my grandmother having a lot of kids in Jim Crow South and like what that looks like and bringing kids into a world where you knew they were being killed because they're black kids. Mm-hmm. That had to have a huge pressure on people like my grandmother and my grandfather. And I couldn't imagine continuing to bring children into a world like that and also being poor. Oh, um, yeah. And so I don't I mean, I, It just seemed like there was no other option for her. She just had to keep having children. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just because yes. it was like, why would you why would you continue to do that? And to your point, I think it's just as time has gone on and there has been a, like an awakening of so many things to to even the playing field. Equality is still far away, but like, you know, women don't have to be under the under the thumb of a mm-hmm. husband and and all these kind of things like that anymore. So like how have how someone has children has shifted. Yeah. And I would love to talk about that because there's so many different ways that we can go about being a parent. And the world is so much more, I guess, I guess we could call the world open-minded on how someone can become a parent um, because it's not just like the, the picket fence anymore that we talked about. It's a different type of journey. It's a different type of world we live in. So let's dig into the different types of ways that you could have a family. So Adam, what are your thoughts on adoption or like fostering kids? I mean, I think that um, it's a great option. I think fostering is a really incredible thing. I think that there's a lot of kids who have... um, gone through the foster system, I think sometimes it can be sad situations. And I think sometimes those situations can turn out to be something really beautiful. I have friends that were fostering this baby and they eventually adopted this baby. Obviously, the circumstances of getting that adoption were sad, but it turned into a really beautiful thing that now this young baby has a family to grow up with. I think it's a beautiful thing. I have a lot of friends that were adopted as well. Mm-hmm. I do. I think and fostering is interesting. You know, I don't know if you've watched This Is Us, um, but one of the storylines for uh, Sterling K. Brown and his his wife, they were fostering a young lady um, and ended up adopting her. But it really opened my eyes up to the idea of fostering because it's it's like having the kid without the commitment. <laughs> well, you know what? It also it feels almost like like especially if you're fostering someone, I feel like if it's a baby like in my friend's circumstance, it's they're adopting a young infant baby. But I think if somebody's a bit older, it feels almost it, I don't know, to me it feels like the pressure of being a parent is a little bit off. Not that it's off, but like I just feel like y- you become a bit more of like a mentor. And you're yeah, like a and mentor a, and you in a create perfect this family. World, for sure. But it's like yes. fostering has a lot of um, sticky circumstances usually. And yes. hopefully most of the time the mother or the father are fighting to get their kid back. Um, so it is temporary, but it is nice to have a different positive just influence and give the kid like it's, in the case of This Is Us the kid they adopted got a chance to see two parents who were together who also had other children. She got to see them kind of thriving and and what that could look like. So having like that type of positive influence on a kid, I th- it's still the same, I think, pressure of raising a kid. It's just less of the commitment, but it's still fragile. You know, it, it still has to be handled in a in a certain type of way, I think. Yeah, agreed. I don't. Yeah, I didn't really mean like the pressure. The pressure's off. Like, let's just all foster. <laughs> let's just everybody go get a thirteen-year-old. Yeah, I really kind of made it seem Seems like it easy. was like yeah, <laughs> like a pet inside a classroom. No, and God bless when, the people who don't adopt babies. Like yes. adoption is you know all ages, and nine times out of ten, people do want a fresh baby. But shout out to all those people who, love fresh babies. Fresh. I have a cousin that, that my aunt adopted when she was uh, 17. Wow. See, that's that takes a lot of like heart and courage. And like, it's yes. it's a beautiful thing because there's so many kids that get left behind at that age um, and then end up in the system. 
um, mm-hmm. because they age out of of the the foster care and all that. So it's just it's like there's I don't know. We have to save the children. Yeah, we do have to save the children. You and me. That's it. Come on, let's do this. So, Danielle, now that we've talked a little bit about surrogacy and adoption, let's go back to having that baby, popping a squat, (laughs) okay? What do you think about people who choose to have at-home births? I feel like... Uh, they are unhinged. At home births? Yes. <sighs> that scares me to death. And also, I it think it's does. crazy. And it. I'm not going to call you crazy because a lot of people have at home births and they're beautiful and wonderful and divine. It is just a scare. Like, childbirth is like, whew, that is an intense thing to do. I just don't want to do it at home. No, it's too much for me to think that you could walk into the bathroom not a mother and walk out of your own bathroom a mother. I just, that's too Listen, much. That's, that's a beautiful thing. But I just, it's a lot of water and bodily fluids. It's a you lot gotta, of sitting you gotta, in water. Because most of the time, they, yeah, most of the time they're sitting in a, in a, in a, in a body of water. Uh, <laughs> and there is like a kiddie pool, is a, a jacuzzi, I don't know, whatever, they're, they're in water. And like, if you don't have the proper setup, it just seems like a lot of cleanup and a lot of like, yeah, a lot of gore. Swim, like, like a lot of gore comes out, and I just want that to be at the hospital where somebody else can take care of that. What about us normalizing the discussion around fertility? Do you think is did that get stuck in your throat there? I went, what? I'm fertile? No. You're not fertile. No, go on. But <laughs> I am not. Apparently. I'm feral, but I'm not yes, fertile. Yes, you definitely are. But no, apparently in 2023, fertility is still like a taboo topic. But I think so many women have been a lot more honest about their fertility issues. And yes. um, I've seen a lot more Instagram captions that have dug into people's journey and the difficulties it took them to conceive. But technology has done a lot of growing since people have been birthing babies. And we've already talked about, you know, having children on your own timeline and not being so plugged into the way society has said that we need to have a family. Um, So obviously we need to normalize the discussion around IVF treatment, freezing eggs and things of that nature. Adam, what do you think as a man that doesn't have any of these items? <laughs> as somebody who's not qualified to speak on this at all, <laughs> I think that um, there's definitely been a stigma around it. And I can only speak from the perspective of somebody who I've seen friends of mine go through IVF treatments and want to have a child so badly. I think sometimes I've felt that my friends have felt this like shame that they weren't able to have a child just easily as some of our other friends have been able to. But I don't think that there is any shame involved. And I love that it's become a topic that people are more open about because, you know, like we've talked about this whole episode, there are so many different ways and circumstances of becoming and starting a family. Right. Yeah, it doesn't have to go one way. And I think I love that so many more women um, are opening up their, you know, journeys and 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 their difficulties and opening up and sharing that online so getting a chance to see those resources and like from real people to know that you're not alone and and to understand like cuz it's a it's a lot you know it is IVF a lot. and freezing eggs and making these decisions and taking these hormones and the shots and the things so having a community and having people online that you can go to and and see what they've gone through and to feel not alone um, that I really it makes it seem less daunting. I can only imagine years ago, women just like giving themselves a shot and going through all these emotions and things and not feeling like they had anywhere to go. Completely. And I think that like, that's the beauty of science as well. Like we're able to um, help people fulfill that dream of having a baby and starting a family. I think it's incredible. I do. And it is so wild to me. 
I have friends who are like, you know, I have, you know, I have two females and I have a male and we're going to try to have like, and it's like, that's so wild to me that to be able to try to choose the gender. I know, right? It's a little much for me. Um, It's a little much for me too, because gender's kind of 2022. That's so old It's a little over. Yeah. But I think, you know, give people what it's, there's still, even though we are moving into a space where gender is not a real thing, it's a construct, all this, there are still people in the world who are just like, I want a little girl. And I, and I get that. I understand, but I just, I don't want a little anything. Yeah. Thank you and good night. No, I want a little money. (laughs) A little nest egg. I'll do that. Right. (laughs) A little vacation, maybe. A little vacation. A little more Mexico. Listen, actually, before we go on into a different segment, I want to get into the idea about like the partner, choosing Mm -hmm. a partner. Wanting to maybe go back to an ex and have a baby a la Chloe and Tristan Mm -hmm. and co-parenting and all of that stuff. Like, if I'm going to choose to have a kid, I just really wish I could have it in a space where I don't have to think about co-parenting and splitting their schedule and doing all these things. You know, like, I guess that's just speaking in a perfect world, but I just, I don't know. Yeah, you know what? I, this might be a hot take, but with like Chloe and Tristan specifically, I think like for her, my hot take is that I think that like she has access to so many resources. And if she co-parents well with this person, if she wants to have more kids with this person, but doesn't pursue like a romantic relationship with them, I think more power to her because she's found something that works. Yeah. And, and for her situation, she can, she has resources to, you know, to make it work for her. And so I see nothing wrong with that. And I actually think it's a great idea for her. Yeah. All right. So, Danielle. Yes. What about having kids are we going to normalize today? (sighs) Listen, normalize not having them, not falling into society's rickety old standards of what it takes to have a family and to be a mother or father. If you don't want kids, don't have them. It's not for everybody. I also think like we should normalize not pressuring people to have kids. You know, we're under enough pressure as it is. And I think also it's like like letting go of that timeline. Don't do that to, you know, whoever's in your family when they come home for the holidays and and you're you're newly married or whatever the case is. When are y'all going to have kids? And don't do that. Just let us enjoy us. Thank you. Pressure's off. Yeah. Thank you. I just got back from Mexico. I don't have time for this. Thank you. No. Um, and I also, think also, yes, normalize having kids on your own terms because this is the big one for me. It could look like anything. There's so many different ways people have love and family, community, relationships, and it takes a village. So if I want to raise my kid in a village, I will. <laughs> and I will visit you in that village. Please. Thank you. You will be contributing financially to the village. Thank you. I know. I'll be the mayor of the town. <laughs> I'm the mayor of Danielle's children's village. Yes, it's not a children's village, but it is a village where a child is being raised by a bunch of people, not just me. <laughs> and I'm one of those people. <laughs> I'm not doing it I by myself. I raise your child. I'm not doing I'll it. I'll do it. I'm not doing it by myself. I wouldn't let you. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. I think um, we should also normalize how people are having kids. If you want to go into the bathroom in a pool of your own you know, insides, fecal matter, please do it. I know it's more beautiful than that. I'm, I'm being, it is truly a child. You are it's, but childbirth is gross. There's a lot of inside that comes out. Um, and if you, (laughs) if you want to do that in your home, by all means, God bless people have done it. It works. That's all good. But hook me up to the machines put the epidural in my back. And honestly, at this point, it's a little... Honestly, I want an epidural. If you're getting pregnant, (laughs) I want one too. Go ahead and epidural me up. I just don't understand why we have come so far in medical advances and technologies. I mean, and having a kid still have to be so barbaric. I know. Like, why do you have to put a thing in my spine? Are you kidding me? That's the only option? Yeah, giant needle up spine. 
that doesn't feel like it's not it even be like a needle. It's like a, it's a tube, baby. It's like it's a, a dagger. It's like a catheter. It's not even a needle. The <laughs> thing could paralyze you. It's a it Hattori is, Hanzo sword. <laughs> it could paralyze you. I was like, we have made so many advancements. They're like, we still got to go barbaric on the childbirthing. We just make it absolutely yeah. horrible. Hey, can we normalize advancing medicine, please? At least let us know you care about women. Just in some way, shape, or form. Thank you yeah. to all the medical people out there that needed to hear that. <laughs> You're welcome on behalf of the medical community. They needed to hear that. Adam, guess what, though? It's time. What, though? It's, it's time. It's time. In the words of Mariah Carey, it's time. <laughs> my favorite words she's ever uttered for keep it or curb it listen i love talking about uteruses with you adam but now we're gonna get into keep it or curb it for you first time listeners shame on you how dare you go back and listen to everything else <laughs> <laughs> this segment is where we take a look at new social trends and decide if they're worth keeping with a k capital with glitter or curbing with a kick in the butt because you got to kick stuff to the curb is not rejected unless it's kicked and i'm gonna kick it off with the first one okay i'm ready you know who i went to adam pew research pew 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 our favorite the only reputable research only team research in america that i consume they said in 2020 women earned 84 percent of what men earned based on a median hourly earnings of both full and part-time workers. Based on this estimate, it would take an extra 42 days of hard labor for women mm-hmm. to earn what men did in 2020. 42 extra more days for us to get at least equal to what a man makes still. Pew Research also found that interruptions in women's career paths, such as <laughs> childbirth, adoption, medical or family leave, have an impact on our long-term earnings. To that point, over the past few years, salary transparency has become a bigger topic in employment. As of the beginning of this year, three new states, including California, where we both live, Rhode mm-hmm. Island and Washington have laws requiring employers to post salary ranges in job postings, period. Let me know the information I need to know. There's other jurisdictions around the, around the country that have some form of salary transparency legislation, and the number will only continue to grow. So should we keep or curb salary transparency so that women and men, I don't care about the men, but so that women can know what the salaries are out there in the world. Adam, what do you think? Well, (laughs) I mean, I think we absolutely need to keep the salary transparency because I think if the same kind and quality of work is being done, there's no reason for someone to be paid less for that work. And that women are still making 84% of what men are making on average that's not right it's yeah, the like, same work not being making done. the same money still yeah. it doesn't make sense and i feel like this transparency is going to help hopefully close that gap to the point of there not being a gap but also you know it, those interruptions that you were talking about the childbirth adoption the medical needs i know um in finland where my husband is from there's like a a woman will get three months of maternity leave and the father will get two. Mm. I think two. Maybe I'm making that up. I'm not making it up. (laughs) I know the woman gets three months for sure, but the father gets a a large amount of time as well. And that's paid maternity leave. That's dope. Listen, I feel like if they're going to do that, right, why aren't we considering across the board making equality a thing? Like you, you, the pregnancy, I get it. It's a partnership. I I did all the work. I'm tired. I can't go back to work. Like I get maternity leave is necessary at, at all times. Paternity leave is a luxury. 
it would be nice to have your partner there to also help it you with the baby be. and all those things like that. But like, I don't know. I think either way, women aren't making enough money. Show us what, <laughs> show us the money. I think it's just they're going to show it to us, but they're not going to do anything about it. Well, I think uh, I think that's unfortunately true, but I think that having the transparency f- does create this case of like approaching these job opportunities, going knowing what that range is, and and, and fighting for your own worth. Mm, that's a thing. Moving on. Moving keep on. It. Yeah, we keep it. Um, okay, so Danielle, my turn. Another research study by Pew Research. Again, my favorite research the, group. The only research group we know. The only, the only, only, only. So 68% of 25 to 34-year-olds were living in a multi-generational home. 57% of them had at least a bachelor's degree. So hmm. these are, you know, people who have gone to college. They've gone They're living to school at, home. at least. Yes, They've exactly. done body shots. Body shots at home. They've done body shots because they've been to college. You know, I know exactly what you're saying. Not at home. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they did do them at home. You don't know. <laughs> I never did body shots at home. No. And, and Pew never asked me that. I'm volunteering that information for their next study. <laughs> but what they also found is that um, the financial issues um, were the major reason for living at home. And with inflation well, yeah. and housing prices and everything, everything in this world just costing so much more. Should we keep or curb Especially young eggs. adults? Especially eggs because of <laughs> birds are getting sick. Birds are not here anymore. We don't. Birds aren't real. They they haven't been for a decade. Yeah. But go on. Okay. So should we keep or curb young adults living in a multi-generational home? I say you got to do what you got to do. But Danielle, what do you think? I mean, yeah, question mark. I, I think, yeah, do what you got to do to survive. But there are, there's also something really beautiful about a multi-generational home. But you don't learn until your late 30s how special and important your family truly is. Like in your 20s, you're not really that appreciative or grateful for them. Um, But once the world chews you up a little bit and spits you out, you're like, dang, family is really all you got. And so I think normalizing growing up in that environment and realizing how important family is and all that, I think that's really dope. So, yeah, let's keep living at home as young adults. And yeah. multi-generational homes. Because we ain't throwing our way our grandparents out here, okay? We're not putting them in homes. There's, they're coming here. They're coming to live in our ch- children's village. <laughs> Where Adam is the mayor. Where I'm the mayor. And you're the mother mayor. <laughs> As mother mayor, I would like to say, <laughs> what an open and honest conversation, Adam. What is your favorite takeaway? Well, my favorite takeaway, you know, in this episode, I I really appreciate how open and honest you always are, but how you how um honest and open you were in this episode specifically because it is it can feel I don't know, it can feel like a letdown sometimes to say that you don't want to have kids. And I really appreciate you being really honest because I also kind of feel that way. Like, I don't know if I I want them or not. This whole episode has really kind of helped me kind of come to terms with that and realize it's okay. And it's also okay if I change my mind. And there's so many different ways that I could start a family and that, um, you know, if I'm ready to start that village, I'll text you, but I'm not going to do that <laughs> now. What about yeah. you? Yeah, <laughs> listen, I think also it's just knowing that there's so many people who feel the same way we feel about having children. And it's not, you don't, you shouldn't feel like a failure around that. Um, but I think, yeah, that was my favorite takeaway. It was more of a feeling. It was a total, my takeaway was a total feeling as well. Yeah, not feeling not alone. But I'm so glad to have had this discussion. And I'm so glad that all of you have been DMing us about this because apparently it's something that I still need to like, just kind of, kind of get through and understand it a little more as it it, it continues to evolve my want and desire for for our family and children. But um, that's our time for today. 
I'm so grateful that all of you are listening and rating and commenting and subscribing to this podcast wherever y'all are listening to your podcast. Make sure that you also reach out to us on social media as you have been. Slide in all the DMs and tell us what you want to see normalized. My handles are on IG, the Danielle Young, and on Twitter at RapsoDanny, R-H-A-P-S-O-D-A-N-I. And Adam, where do they at you at? Well, you can at me wherever you want me. But <laughs> on Instagram, I'm at Adam Rip, and on Twitter, I'm at Adam Ripon. So continue, please. We so appreciate all of the DMs that we've both gotten. I'm so excited that we got to, I think this is our first episode fan requested. I know. It's like we're doing this thing together. We are. I'm so I'm so honored and I'm so excited to take on more subjects. So this was a lot of fun. And Danielle, that is it for now. Well, Until next time. Yeah. So we'll see you next time on Normalize <laughs> This. Until then, we'll meet you at our Until children's village. Until next time, we will see you in our village. Me, yes. the mother mayor. And me, the mayor. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone out there listening, we want to hear from you. Make sure you follow at Make Spring Hill on all platforms for weekly show updates.